five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Home Podcast, your premier podcast for the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Ani at Ani Strife and Jordan at Sir Doctor JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. It's been a quite week. Yep. Yeah. Got lots of things to talk about, and and I gotta go on a rant when we get to the topic. But we, oh, we gotta just bring Sean Miller here like back to the show or whoever is responsible of the pickums i'm i'm very upset you know people were probably hearing you had to go on a rant and i don't think they saw pickums <laughs> as being the topic no that's that's atrocious like crystal bowl thing totally screwed up my my week yeah, me too and uh yeah you know just one of those things that gets to you I don't know. It didn't screw up my week. Yeah, I bet. Like guessing that Dallas Fuel is a good team is worth. Uh, I like guessing eight games now. That's a great it system. It is. Let me tell you, because I had to commit so early on. The stage. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you commit to? Oh. Then, I wonder. Who huh? did you commit to other than Dallas? Oh, Glad's. Shanghai Soul. I mean, I, I I went with real off the wall picks there with my crystal yeah. ball. I could never match with that kind of prognosis, you know, for prognostication ability. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we're going to get into more than uh, Omni and the Pickums. Uh, we'll obviously talk about uh, the weekend that was the Toronto Defiant were in action in the mm-hmm. uh, kickoff clash. They had some matches uh, too, which spoiler alert. Tells you probably a lot of how the weekend went for them. <laughs> uh, but the thing about this, if you had asked me when we recorded last week, what we'd be talking about this week, I would have said kickoff clash results. And that was a 20 minute episode out the door. Off we go and enjoy. Uh, I don't know what it is we would enjoy because it's not overwatch two right now. Cause we don't get to play it, but the Vancouver Titans decided on Wednesday, because obviously podcast law requires news to break on Wednesday to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Wow crazy and then um they did some more stuff but this time we could talk about it because obviously it's closer to this episode and then it's like the toronto defiant are like no man we know rsp (laughs) wednesday's not a good date for them so they did stuff tuesday and we could talk about that too so i mean you know what let's uh talk about stuff let's start let's start talking about stuff and pushing the payload moving the payload join me I mean, I'm just looking at the the notes here, and I have intro. Stuff has happened. Big stuff has happened. <laughs> what is this? It's like Multiple stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. Stuffs? Is it stuffs? Is it the pearl stuffs? Uh, or is it stuff? Stuffy. Stuffy. <laughs> Stuffy has happened. Uh, before we get into the stuffs, which is big stuffs, so normally the type of stuffs with a V, right? We would stuffs. lead with stuffs. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, the kickoff clash. So we knew that the Toronto Defiant were taking on uh, the Dallas Fuel. Uh, that was going to be their first match. And the Fuel obviously had the home crowd advantage, which I have to say, I really enjoyed hearing like the, the pop from, from the fans with the, the few matches I watched. And unfortunately for Toronto, there was a considerable amount of pop for the Fuel and a considerable lack of pop uh, for the Defiant. Although, in fairness... Isu also 
helped that a little bit on, uh, I think it was uh, Li Zhang to, to kick things off. Um, but they started on Li Zhang, and I thought Toronto came out really well. Uh, they ran the the Hotba uh, Hisu combination, which seems to be an interchangeable piece with the uh, the Muse and uh, Finale combo. And I mean, if we look at just that first map, mm-hmm. oh, Toronto, mm-hmm. they were on fire. They did everything yeah. that I think we told them they had to do. And you know what? Call it. Dallas is done. Let's <laughs> move on, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, everybody was coming into this match saying like how um, Toronto just plays what Dallas originated, like their meta, but Dallas Mm. is Dallas, so they're better. But looking, like you said, at this map, Hanba really uh, looked amazing and kind of looked better than Hanbin in a way. Well, so Um, in my notes, I actually agreed on this map right <laughs> yeah that's a great caveat to add and and toronto looked pretty dominant i mean for for a lot of the time but somehow dallas has this capacity to crawl back into it i don't know may, what what it is maybe it's the home cooking part uh, of it you know with the fans in the back uh, um they survived like control center um toronto were up 93 percent on the yeah. cap they just needed mm-hmm. one fight and and most fights going forward were very close. Like, you know, pick there, pick there. And somehow they survive. And, and Night Market uh, didn't look as great as the previous two maps. And, yeah. I well, guess this kind of set the, the, the trend going forward for uh, Toronto. Yeah, like, I, I think you, you said it best. They, they were relatively even picks going either way. But it seemed that a pick for Dallas had that 0.1 mm-hmm. difference that Toronto was lacking. Mm-hmm. And as that fight were to go on, eventually, I mean, and we've talked about this, how often teams will, I mean, it's just universal, drop the supports, everything else follows. Yeah. Uh, Far mm-hmm. too often, Twilight was the last one alive. Yeah. Against Dallas. And, and so it wasn't like the support were dropping. It was that everything else around them happened to be. Yeah, and I think it's also fair to say, like, Control is probably the most chaotic map type to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And and the way things things went. And, yeah, in some fights, Twilight remained the last. Sometimes it was picked even first. But it just didn't... It wasn't never enough. I, I don't know if unclutch is a term. Unclutch. <laughs> yeah. Unclutch. Is that the opposite of clutch, I guess? Yeah, exactly. Unclutch. When things look to be, you know, set up well for you and and, and they're just there for you to, to reach out and grab them, that's when, like, it becomes the most difficult for Toronto. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like it was a theme, uh, um, not just in this game. Oh, spoiler alert. But... Uh, yeah, there. What was the next? One? Well, I was just gonna say there were a few times in in Li Jiang where it was like, like you say, it was very back and forth. But it would seem like Toronto got a pick, and it was like, here we go, they got it under control. Uh, yeah. And if you were watching that kill feed, the second they got one, Dallas would get two, and then it was like, oh, mm-hmm. great. Or Toronto would get one, and then Dallas would just somehow keep existing through it. And then a second later, they would get one as well, yeah. and the tide would turn. Well, and it was market yeah, go ahead. that initial cap, yeah. like Toronto had that initial cap, should have won, mm-hmm. and 
Dallas continued to just linger, linger, linger. And next yeah. thing you know, they hit it. But like, I just feel like I think unclutch is actually a good, a good way to describe it because my notes here is Toronto had Li Zhang one until they didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like arguably they should have won, you know, that, that first round, like, I mean, the first map, I mean, it just, I, I, if I don't understand how things would, would fall apart. One thing I did notice Hotbot was getting out tanked by Handman on, uh, on market and on uh, control tower. Um, which is weird. Cause like Hotba looked solid, uh, mm-hmm. when they were playing gardens, I think in a lot of ways, um, I mean, like you were saying at the start, Lijiang tower was probably, probably Toronto's best map. Um, we can talk about the other maps. I, I was just going to kind of say, I don't think they played mm-hmm. terribly on, on the other two maps, but it really kind of yeah. felt like on Lijiang, Toronto was able to set up a little better. And as mm-hmm. they moved into Midtown and Dorado, which are obviously a little bit more dynamic in terms of the game modes, it was almost like they just couldn't get a good setup. They couldn't, um, you know, maintain sort of a team play and sure. Dallas obviously being a little more coordinated than, than Toronto was really able to capitalize. And, and like you say as well, it was almost like Li Zhang was the warm up, And after that, Dallas kind of figured out what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways we did see them suddenly diving the back line a lot more. Um, yeah. So. Well, New York's actually a, see, I have, I have sort of the opposite. I didn't feel Toronto played very well, but I think you've hit a nail there right on the head is that, Toronto just couldn't get yeah. set up. Like my notes, my notes were actually uh, two points. Dallas attack on attack, Dallas attack mm-hmm, on defend. Mm-hmm. Even it <laughs> felt like even when Toronto had a good play, had a, I mean, like I said, you know, every time you thought Toronto did something well or was about to take control, Dallas would just be that much better. And they would kind of, they would kind of be you like, know. no, just sit back down, you know, get, get back in your place. We're the ones in control here. Uh, control. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> New York uh, defense, the Midtown defense for this map, uh, for this match, really reminded me. I think was it against Dallas? I don't remember, or or was it against San Francisco Shock, where there was no stabilization for Toronto at all until they went indoors, until they went into the factory phase, and that's kind of how it felt until they went into that last station, where maybe the change of scenery or or, or uh, their proficiency to play in closed spaces helped them a little bit to slow things down on defense. But well, yeah, you're right. Da- I mean, Dallas was pushing that fire truck as if there was a fire to put up. Like it- <laughs> yeah, there was a fire up in uh, I rolled right Durham, and, up and, backside. How it felt in this uh, defense? Yeah, and, and then, but then once it got inside, you're right. They slowed them down. It's, it's almost like again, it, it kind of in my mind, Li Jiang being that kind of there's a central point. You're able to make a sort of solid, I don't know, almost a straight line in, you know, not necessarily exactly straight. And it's almost like they play much better when you don't have that open space to work because they're able to set up so well. So I, I totally agree with that. That's once, once they get indoors, once it gets a little more enclosed, maybe there's some flank routes, but yeah, it's just that much more direct and they're able to set up because of that. But yeah. Dallas is able to set up as well. So yeah, and I guess like this, this uh, also area lets you control the pace of the fight mm-hmm. a little bit more, instead of just being smacked around from all directions. Mm-hmm. And and that's maybe that's the the difference. And on attack, I, I like you, Chris. I I just wrote same story, different end. 
Hisu. <laughs> I also wrote a comment about his hand warmer exploding over the keyboard. I guess that was the highlight uh, <laughs> during that stage. Uh, they looked pretty good on the first cap, but then they got stopped in that choke of death, mm-hmm. you know? That's well, just such a hard place to push through. I would, but Toronto, like, Toronto looked good, but it, they they struggled just at the very start because Dallas, like, yeah. Dallas is kind of playing that, like, uh, you know, QP does in the game where you have, like, three or four people decide the best way to start your defense is right at the spawn doors, mm. emoting. Like, that's, like, Dallas was that aggressive, and Toronto just did not expect it. But the thing that, that Dallas did so well is they ate clock. And so before mm. the, the, you know, Toronto defiant had the opportunity to get even to the choke where they choke, you know, literally and figuratively <laughs> did, they already had clock issues. Right. Right. But then, then, then we go to Dorado, and so losers picking maps. So Toronto had picked New York, um, didn't go so well. They picked Dorado, and they brought in Muse and Finale. And I actually thought Toronto looked really solid with the the combination. Um, sure, they Charlie Ninered that first point. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, stuff like that will happen, and it was it was frantic. There was very little distance to progress. Um, I think, you know, finale had just popped a, a, a pulse, uh, gets a, you know, two pick, but because he had gone forward to do that, that was the difference in getting right. the, you know, point one meter yeah. or whatever was left. But the, uh, their classic dive looked pretty good. Um, usually, you know, it's weird because usually people play widow on this map sometimes. Uh, but looking at that classic dive was pretty good for mm-hmm. them. I think they stopped them before they came into the second point right yeah they stopped like Mm. toronto stopped just i think it was just as they were turning towards the the inside um so just around that bend and they they looked they looked in control looked like okay toronto's playing with some swag Mm -hmm. they go on attack and they're again playing with some confidence and next thing you know gurio decides (laughs) to go and point blank headshot people (laughs) with widow um (laughs) With Wild Abandon, like he got, I think four oh, picks. Oh yeah, he popped off. Yeah, it was. It was a bit. I, I also wrote a, a note here that uh, I think his face cam really looked cool and fitted uh, what he was doing on in the game because he had this, you know, he had the baseball cap over over yeah. over the glasses, and you only would see like the reflection of his uh, uh, glasses from the screen, and the face was entirely black. It was it's like he's it's like he's playing like poker. Villain. He doesn't want anyone to know yeah, what he's yeah, doing as he sneaks good. up behind the <laughs> team and assassinates them. Yeah, I was impressed by him. Like well, he, I, I that, never thought he too didn't much even of sneak him. up behind. Sure. Yeah. He, he assassinated. He walked like, in and then just yeah, let it rip. It was like uh, you know when you go into the target range to practice <laughs> before Q. Yeah, yeah. But if Gurio doesn't go in and get those picks, like he, I think he started off with like all those the Genji on top of the arch. Yeah, um, and and he was doing the assassinating or trying to, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. The observers had that one unlock, and suddenly we're seeing it from the point of view behind that, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was that stopped all of the momentum. Mm-hmm. Toronto had to reset. So again, they were able Mental to. They, it's just they, broke, they lost. Yeah. They lost clock. Mm-hmm. And so what happened? They go through the archway. They again have some momentum on their side, but because the clock is no longer their friend, they, they arguably. Yeah, they became frantic. They they simply 
ran out of time because they had the payload essentially there. Yeah. It's just, you know, one more, one more team fight. If Gurio doesn't pop off there, Toronto wins. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I could see them taking at least getting that map much closer. If, uh, if that didn't go there, didn't go in the way of Dallas, um, with Gurio popping off and everything, it was um, to speak somewhat more positively about Toronto. I really liked the finale, although, uh, set up, I was kind of like, why, mm-hmm. why aren't we seeing this more? Um, I understand we've, we've heard the comments and things mm. about Hisu being in some ways what they're building around. Um, I don't think most people would say that Hisu is necessarily a, a franchise player. So sure. He's good. Sure. He has those pop-off moments or he has in the past. Um, but I really liked how, although in finale played together, yeah. um, I'm, a much bigger fan of the muse uh, dive build that they've been running, you know, not all the time. Obviously they're, they're bringing in hot, when they yeah. want to play the Zarya, but I really like the muse Winston. I understand again, you can't play dive all the time, but it does to me say, why don't we play to our strengths? If we look that, mm. I think they look that much better that they could try it at least um, again, against a team like Dallas and stuff. Cause I mean, I think most people yeah. put Dallas probably, in the finals, if not ending third kind of thing. Um, I don't know. It's very map dependent and you cannot, unfortunately run. Uh, we saw this, this playoff yeah, so many like uh, uh, different specialized comps are played at different maps, even in different phases of maps, yeah. you'd see a lot of adjustments. I think with five V five, it's a little bit even tougher yeah. and, and Toronto compared to Dallas, you know, it reminds me a little bit of chess when you can like play if it's a slow game you have the 30 minutes on the clock that's fine but when you run out of mm-hmm. time when you play blitz or something like that you see your level just drop instantly mm-hmm. and, and you you are way more prone to doing like huge blunders yeah. and when you are facing a better opponent like dallas they they capitalize mm-hmm. on that like it's nobody's business it's like oh they they see they see the gap yeah. right then and there when you lose that precious time when you are playing like control you know time Sure, it's a factor, but you're all on the point mm-hmm, anyways. Mm-hmm. And then if a guy, uh, if a fight goes your way, you might get that momentum, and then and Toronto feels more confident. But if they get boomed, you yeah. know, against a team like Dallas, it's it's tough to yeah. rebound. You know, the thing about this having lost three zero to Dallas, you know, we've we've said this in previous shows. Uh, it was a three zero, but it didn't feel like a three Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Lee Jang and Dorado, Toronto could have won both those yeah. maps. I mean might argue they should have and they they unclutched it a bit. i don't know if i would say they um, should have won li Zhang. i i definitely was close uh, i felt more have. confident seeing them on dorado that they could have had that map but then like we yeah. said Grio had that moment um, <coughs> but i think it's but, fair to say new york was or new york midtown was the only yeah. map that was clearly that yeah, was dallas Dallas steamrolled them there and it, it's also interesting because i don't remember if it was one week before this or two weeks before this but they played dallas and they got literally steamrolled it was the definition of a three overwatch like Toronto. I don't know that Toronto had a good play in that match. So I did think they did a lot better. Um, and it's hard to say how much of that is playing on land in front of a live audience, even if, you know, they didn't, it wasn't their home and or unfriendly anything. Live yeah. Audience. But you know, do they feed off that energy? What's that look like? Um, but I did think they played much better. Yeah. And it was that play that then gave me confidence that, okay, you know what? This was going to be a, a tough one. I mean, I, I gave them, the win because you know Toronto, but uh, bracket run. The two of you did the not bracket run. 
So, you know, as the results would play out, uh, Toronto ended up having to play the Houston Outlaws, uh, which was interesting because... You would have thought they could win it. Well, that, and I wasn't, you know, the Houston Outlaws, play them playing them, wasn't actually a thing until it mm-hmm. happened. Um, but the difficulty here is if you think that Dallas has the hometown crowd, mm-hmm. Houston has a good chance to have a hometown crowd too, being, you know, only a few yeah. hours away. And, you know, that's going to obviously play into it a little bit, I think. But one of the things that I felt Toronto did really well is one, they fix their mistakes on control. They start with mm-hmm. Li Zheng. They put Muse and Finale in, which I thought was a very smart play considering mm-hmm. one, uh, how well we saw them play on Dorado, but then two, you know, what Houston was going to provide with Piggy in the lineup as mm-hmm. a tank, you know, sort of, I'm not going to say sort of, you know, tip the cards. Like if it's Dante, okay, it's doom, but we got ourselves some Rhine on Rhine action, <laughs> which is like <laughs> glorious in all sorts of ways. Yeah. Yeah. You see, like, like I said, it's still pretty fluid going into the end of the kickoff, la- uh, <laughs> you know, kickoff clash. And, and now <laughs> next, next phase, we're going to have a new patch. So, it's it's gonna be a roller coaster, and I I can't say I'm not enjoying this. I believe in Moira supremacy. <laughs> Moira <laughs> supremacy, yeah, the the pain <laughs> mechanic, however they called it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the the mirror is fun. Although we did see Cassidy for the first time uh, in this match, also pretty interesting. Um, Saw him a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on yeah. this map, on like Li Jang, mm-hmm. um, Toronto, they start start well again right they have this this good first step mm-hmm. and um you know they they felt a little bit better in control center even though like iris had like a few good moments on the baptiste uh but but i wasn't like you know you know i, I, I wasn't ready to say oh here we go mm-hmm. where toronto's gonna win this because because i know better <laughs> How how did uh, George W. Bush said? You fooled me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I uh, I will not be fooled again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how he said it. <laughs> that was the quote. Yeah. And going into Night Market, they went back to Winston. You know, an open, more open map. Uh, Houston still committed with the, with the Ryan and Sim, and that let, lets them get the point first because you know the the far- did they play far at this point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, oh, maybe no. In the tower, they yeah, do. I, was gonna say, I don't yeah. recall yeah, yeah, yeah. far on, but I I wasn't paying that close attention. Yeah, it, Twilight Snades are good in this mm-hmm. map. Other than that, I did not really see a uh, good good stuff from from uh, um, Toronto in this map, unfortunately. And then when they did go to play Far Mercy in the tower, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's really hard to to get that initial cap. You you put in you put down damage, but what do you know? Overwatch League uh, uh, pros are good at healing, <laughs> mm-hmm. so it, it's really hard to just just get it. And and you know they had a great sleep on Farah, but uh, somehow it seemed like okay, there's no hope. And and somehow again, like like with the the last time they've been on the tower, they were able to clutch it out. This time they they won the map from that uh, visor. Uh, yeah. um, Remind me a little bit that that uh, Reaper play from from uh, the game before. Mm-hmm. Isu, yeah, Isu with yeah. the clapping oh, Reaper. That was <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, the so 
I, I, I take your point. I was not necessarily confident thinking, oh, okay, Toronto's got this in the bag. But I was seeing better things from Toronto. Oh, yeah. Right? It, it, the mistakes they were making against Dallas, they were making few of against mm-hmm. Houston. Oh, Houston is, I, I don't think it's on the same level of a team. That's no. maybe why. But like, like, what was Toronto was making mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Dallas is a better team than Houston, but Toronto was making mistakes that they just mm-hmm. weren't making. Whether a good team, bad team, when you make mistakes, you're doing yourself a disservice. Sure. So they get their win. Yeah. Things mm-hmm. are looking good. And then we go to Eichenwald. And again, Muse Finale stay mm-hmm. in. The Toronto Defiant, you know, do really well, uh, all things considered. Um, and then. It, did they end this? They just about got to the very end. Yeah. They, so they had, they essentially, um, they took, it was a relatively easy first yeah. take. They relatively easy. Uh, escort into the castle. Um, you know, the Dawn tank was in and the Dawn tank was not all that effective. That's right. And then, and they got it so close, but then I think Houston turned it sort of in one of the final matches and, this, this, and managed to push the cart yeah. back quite a ways. Eh? This was yeah. Houston's turn to capitalize on a tighter mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And the, the comp they ran like right with the echo and right. Don tank, of course it, it worked better, for, mm-hmm. you know, for them, just like, you know, Toronto did games pass. But, you know, my notes were Houston was bending, Houston was bending, and Don Tank broke Toronto. (laughs) Oh, this this push here. Like, Toronto, I I get that the the Doom is, you know, going to dominate more in in a tight, closed space. uh, And that, you know, is expected. We didn't see any... Real adaptation yeah. from Toronto. Have we seen the defense? Have we seen Toronto play Doomfist at all? Not not just this uh, match, actually, but I'm I trying to remember. I think I th- would be hard, uh, but right, but I don't remember. Yeah. Well, and because again, going back to the you know couple weeks back, they played Dallas. They got steamrolled. They looked better this time around. A couple weeks back, they were the ones that I think showed the cracks in the Doomfist uh, in mm-hmm. in the Dawn Tank setup that Houston was running, you know, and it very much felt like once they figured it out, they figured it out and Houston wasn't able to adapt. And I think that raised some major concerns about Houston and guess what? Houston learned to adapt and seems like now they, you know, the story was almost the exact opposite, right? Toronto was the one that was just bashing their heads against it on Eichenwald here. Once, uh, once they managed to turn the fight there and the payload started getting pushed back, they switched to the echo and, it felt like honestly, like Toronto was just feeding, like they were just kind of trickling in one oh, after gosh, yeah. another. And it was like, you guys aren't even oh. trying to work as a team. Like you're just one person is running in while the others are still walking back from spawn. Well, there was a, I think like at one point on, on attack, um, like just outside the, the castle mm-hmm. where you have a, a nano doll though, Genji alt. <laughs> and Spacing blade, everyone probably. just backed right off. Right. Yeah. Like, and then, I mean, what, what value did he get? Eh, he got the, uh, the echo, the echo alt, yeah. you know, out, yeah. uh, but he, like you, you were, you weren't seeing like he was back mm-hmm. and forth. It was like, yeah, it was like a Cassidy zone. Like, okay, I'm going to pop Q and people are going to go yeah. hide. That's really, and I know that that's sort of the way Genji's played now, but why, why put the nano into him? Yeah. If twilight did not hit those two massive, massive nades on, you know, Houston at that mm-hmm. point, entering the castle i don't know if they would have gotten 
uh, the cart much further yeah, after cool. this. It was pretty poor. But man, that defense! Oh, yeah. if they did not like had that slight slowdown, uh, I don't know if it, they're still counting the records from Overwatch One, but that would have <laughs> been like a top <laughs> three push on, on the the payload for sure. For Eichenwald, it was brutal. Yeah. Well, and it, it reminded know, the... me, you know, it reminded me of our games against Alpha Flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we held our own there. Oh, very yeah, close. For sure. Um, the if you watch one thing from that defense, watch the final fight. Toronto is playing. They've they've committed to dive. They're not going to change. All that the the outlaws need to do is you know just stand near the the payload. Um, and the defiant are trying to hide on corners yet contest. Like they didn't, they did not have the ability to contest that way hmm. on dive. Like if that's how they were going to hold it and they were going to bunker a bit, I wasn't it. Like it just again, the ability to adapt did not exist. They were so committed to this idea that here's what we're going to go and, and run with, and they had no answer. Yeah. Um, I can all lost takes us to Circuit Royale. Uh, hot by Hisa Kyuman. Uh and I mean this sort of makes sense because if you're going to play a a Sigma, yeah. um, then. That's not necessarily who you you have the the muse combination. Uh, Hisu coming in or widow. I know, <laughs> but we didn't like. We weren't seeing that out of him on mm. a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, on defense, sure, but and I mean, maybe that's because of the like. I just it. Are, are we suggesting that that uh, finale? Can't give you what value, like the type of value. That I don't know. Like, I Maybe just, you're right. Maybe sitting on a bench for too long <laughs> gets your hands cold. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I'm not. I'm. I. I know Hisu can click heads. Sure. I, I just that's the one that I don't quite understand. But it really, actually, you know, what doesn't really matter because I just felt hot. But I got just out tanked here by uh by Piggy. It was like, which uh, sucks. Sucks to say. Piggy's supposed to be a Sigma one trick. Why is he? Why is he doing yeah. better now? Come on, that was supposed to be the weakness. I mean, well, we and we saw the the piggy mm-hmm. rhyme, uh, right? Like, I, I yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, it, the attack, like Toronto, Toronto was just dominated. Like, how often do we see a complete on uh, Circuit mm-hmm. Royale? I know that's what the casters were saying as well. They were like, the, the way it was going, they were like, "Ooh, this is this is not good." <laughs> I I actually am starting to and, really like certain sections of Circuit Royale when the teams that are playing are very sort of evenly matched or, or more closely matched, at least um, that one uh, bend sort of as it just before the up or I guess the uphill section is kind of what I'm thinking, right? As you start to come in there and make your way up that hill. I love watching that second half because around, yeah, it's, it's yeah. so nice. And when, when you have two top teams, like I think we saw in the final, actually, um, it, it's so much fun to watch how they play with the space and obviously the verticality. Um, but when you have one team that is just getting steamrolled, it is hard to watch. It's yeah. A little map, yeah. Yeah. It's a meat grinder. Exactly. That's well, why we, yeah, we don't I mean, see, you know, we see the, the indoor section so rarely. On this yeah. Map. Yeah. Well, and you know, what did we see from the Toronto attack? We saw from the Toronto attack what we see most exactly. teams do. Um, the difference is that you had a Houston Outlaws team that uh, was running Cassidy. Yep. Um, 
right? Like typical, which isn't Houston a, a pick. You, <laughs> yeah, but it's not a pick you see much of, let alone on this map. Yeah, um, and they had success. Like I, I just Toronto. So my notes for for Coliseo War of Attrition, but just thinking about that, Toronto had to play a War of Attrition on attack that they did not have to play on defend, and that was a big difference. And and if you're going to have to work that hard for every inch, mm-hmm. you can't just let the other team just you know walk on through the front doors of the hotel and say, you know, I'll take your luggage mm-hmm. to your room. So Houston. They're up now. Uh, we're going to Coliseo. Now, if there's one thing I like about Toronto and how they approach push is that they do play it like a war of attrition. They go and get themselves a pretty sizable lead, and then they simply make their opposition work for every inch to get the, the bot to the, the barricade. And it just eats clock. And then once the bot starts pushing, it goes so slowly yeah. that – you know, they're, they're confident in their abilities that they're going to be able to go and capitalize. They're going to be able to win the fight. And then they, they play it smart. They're just like, Hey, we're going to get that bot a lot closer to our barricade. We're not necessarily going to, you know, try to push it any further. We're just going to make you, make you have to earn it. And, you know, I think Toronto played that textbook. They had this map one, right? They had the distance. I mean, sure. It was for the most part. Yeah, it was close. Um, near the end, but there was one final fight. Toronto had done everything that they could possibly do. Right. Um, I don't, I actually don't know if there was anyone other than Pelican alive to contest and Pelican goes and like, you know, deletes the entire city of Toronto. I think, you know, uh, noon queen streets just been removed from the game. It was that brutal. Yeah. Like he, he and this is where we're seeing Hanzo. So this for people who are all going off about San Francisco going into Hanzo and trolling the Titans, I think Hanzo no, on on this particular he's a map pick now, yeah, he provides some solid value. I mean, that's what Pelican did. Just click, 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 mm-hmm. delete, 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 delete. I, I honestly, I don't see how Hanzo can ever come out of the meta entirely because mm-hmm. the way he can just like you know dominate a fight and he did get, get did get the nano as well there. So like, yeah. oh. Mm-hmm. Plus, and, and he, he br- brings the value with, with the grav combination as well. Mm. Yeah. Put the dragons through the, the, yeah. uh, the, the grav. I, I am, I just, you know, thinking about this further, I think Houston had to get through the butt scratching bot moment as well. Yeah. To win this. Like Toronto had, had gotten enough to get past that one impediment that cost them earlier in the season. Despite that mm-hmm. and that built in stall. I mean, it didn't matter. Pelican was just, I'm going to click your head. I'm going to click your head. I'm going to click your head. I'm going to throw storm arrows into you. you. <laughs> unfortunately, in that fight, you get the example of, of clutch versus unclutch or lucky mm. or unlucky, however you want to phrase it. Oh. Yeah. But, and and then the crowd was going wild as course, they should have yeah. been, right? That's that's how you, you get you know the push. And, and meat sports. You know, when you have the home crowd, we know it's it's no it's no like uh, speculation. The the oh, results, yeah. the facts are are way uh, uh, you know the records are way better when you're playing with a home crowd mm-hmm. than without. Even though it's the same game, you you know it's the same puck, the same football, basketball doesn't matter. But but it is a factor. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, regardless, Houston then wins 3-1. That means the Toronto Defiance uh, run in the uh, kickoff clash it comes to an end, losing two matches in the double and knockout. Uh, we'll get into the rest of the kickoff clash in the fray, but I think it's now time to talk about the stuff. Like, the, the stuff juice. that happened. So just after our episode, uh, well, actually, just before our episode went live last week, um, the Vancouver Titans announced that uh, they were bidding farewell to coaches Flubby and Pew, as well as Psycho. And uh, no word of a lie, I was floored. It's not that I didn't expect that the Vancouver Titans wouldn't make changes. I just didn't think they'd make changes now. Yeah, um, I I think Florida is a good description of it um, for this and other changes that also happened recently. Um, I was, it's, it's funny because I have this feeling of being not surprised and entirely surprised. And I think it's the fact that we haven't seen a lot of these kind of changes happen outside of the off season. Like I, I scratch my head to really think about another coaching staff that has been let go be it between tournament cycles or just middle of the season kind of thing. Uh, Titans. And you're right. Titans are maybe the exception to the rule, but I, you know, like I think of other orgs that have struggled and what we've seen from them. And I can't come up with another example. I'm sure it's happened. um, And I probably just don't pay as close attention to other teams, but it's pretty few and far between, I think. Um, And so when it happened, I was like, well, this is what, I think most people were calling for it. This is what most people are scratching their heads about. Why didn't this happen already? But the timing was like, oh my God, I did not expect this right before the tournament cycle starts. Yeah. The, you know, and just to, to point out the change the Vancouver Titans made a few seasons back and the change they made this past week, completely different circumstances. Oh, um, I saw far too many people like, oh, here are the Titans go yeah, again. No, not, not even comparable. <laughs> uh, the, change, change was necessary. It's just the timing. I think Jordan, you're right. Like to happen now to happen just before the kickoff clash got underway. Like yeah. I actually presume just the changes that happened at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Cause in my mind, I'm like, well, this is another season that the Vancouver Titans are just going to get rolled. I, I think it's a smart move from the Titans because even when, you know, the, the, we were in the off season discuss, discussing the kind of talent that they were able to accumulate after the disastrous, <laughs> you know, two seasons they've had before that it was, <laughs> commendable uh and and when you bring in a player like shockwave back and masa and all these guys you got to present them with some sort of plan Mm -hmm. and and those losses one after another uh we even saw from the you know the retweets that the shockwave said about the the announcement that came later uh when titans signed their new you know coach that they just want to win right it gets to you as a competitor on that level Mm -hmm. and i feel like that was a great move, uh, actually. And and what are you waiting for here? Mm-hmm. You wait for these guys to go through this uh, disappointing, awful season, and and you know they're they'll be depressed because they might not not even, <laughs> let alone like uh, uh, be signed by the Titans again. Maybe not not one team will will uh, mm-hmm. uh, sign them ever again. Like how many past Titans players do we have on the Overwatch League mm-hmm. rosters right now? Zero. Twilight. And. I, I no after like runaway. Oh, I mean. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they okay. might have had like better <laughs> opportunities to, to, you know, to show off on better teams mm-hmm. on, I'll risk to say it, maybe on, on better coach teams. Who knows? 
and and I, I don't know. I think most of the reactions were were positives, uh, positive reactions, and and I agree with them. Like, what are you waiting for? You 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 literally have nothing to lose here, but you can only go. You know, you can only get hurt <laughs> further, and and then you know your next chance of assigning talent will be even worse if you see mm-hmm. if you know prospect prospect rookies or something like that they, they would see that you know this is an organization that doesn't really care they 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 would rather see their team suffer and then rebuild again um it's a bad look and then not only you know like like they did with the players they they got which were you know talented players i think they got like one of the best available uh coaches as well so well and you know before we talk about that yeah. i just want to point out like I think we need to make it very clear. It's not that we didn't feel that changes. The timing. Were sure, 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 sure. And the, you're right. The timing was, I think, when it needed to happen. I just don't think, based on what we have come mm-hmm. to expect from the Titans, yeah. that they would actually yeah. do this. But Which we, segues yeah, but, uh, into but, uh, who they brought in. But I guess it's also, we didn't expect them to, to sign like a, a decent roster either. So... Uh, true. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should get used to like the Titans not being as afraid to shake things up and, and to go after getting better. Um, maybe we just, we, that's, that's the issue here, right? We've, we've become so accustomed to them sucking for lack of a better term, that now we're surprised. Oh, they're actually uh, uh, functional and they're doing the right moves and, and they're not yeah. waiting. I think uh, the, the two things that came to mind for me as well, um, the fact that they, worded it in such a way that they said pew and flubby stepped down and the fact of the timing to me says these conversations were had before the season started i think they basically were put in a were probably put in a position which was to say we're letting you guys build the roster that you guys you know uh, like or you at least have a hand in um we're getting some decent talent if we can see some a decent level of performance, and who knows what that means, maybe to the org it was get us a couple wins. Maybe it was qualify for the first tournament. I suspect they were probably told, if we see some results, you, you're going to get to stay. And if we don't, we're going to ask you to step down or something to that extent, right? Um, and obviously, we've seen well, Justin results. said on our show, they, they expected yeah, mid exactly. Right. And they're nowhere near it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if, if the vitriol wasn't the way it was, cause I think there does need to be some belief that the two chose to step down sure. themselves. Like you're getting called out by like, uh, the cast, you, you guys are the yeah. problem. Like it, it, the, the, it isn't just the community, it's the professional yeah, scene and, and known entities on right, broadcasting, yeah. right? Like, you know, that, that can't be yeah. easy. Um, and actually, I, I did want to sort of touch on as well that other change that, you know, we're, we're doing a disservice yep. and talking about is Psycho. Psycho was, was cut, which I think of the three, this one is like, mm-hmm. really? Like, this is, this is the, like, that's the problem? Like, that's, <laughs> you know, weird. I'd- but, I mean, what did, who did they pick up? Right? They, they picked up Mir a few weeks back. Yeah, exactly. And, Knowing that Depay is who they've brought in to replace his head coach and the relationship he mm-hmm. has with Mir, I would have to think Depay had to have been consulted yep. as to Psycho not being on the roster. And what's not to suggest that maybe the conversation about Depay didn't happen entirely independently? Close, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when Mir was brought in, could that have happened earlier? And then finally, you know, all things where they were, the change happened just before kickoff. Yeah, that, that's another thing I don't I thought that. of as well. Yeah, that's that's one thing. And I think there's also, you know, as part of those conversations, the Titans, I don't think they want to have eight players. And there's another glaring uh, uh, weakness, right? The 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 main tank. Oh, well, sure. not really main tank, tank. but a player to, to play these roles. And I don't care, you know, fine. False can hold his own, whatever. It's not good enough, all right? If we see teams like the Glads who've just won, mm-hmm. you know, the freaking tournament – bench space yeah. for another guy to play you know reinhardt and 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 monkey then it's no shame to say like hey we we, we gotta bolster that position mm-hmm. uh pretty freaking soon right and and i guess you to bring in a new player you can say all right we we need to to cut the fat somewhere and i guess with with bringing in mirror and it just didn't make sense to to keep psycho as, 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 as sad as it is. And I, and I also think he played decently mm-hmm. and he never really looked like the problem in any match that he was uh, playing yeah, no. in. Agreed. So maybe that's part of it. I'm hoping that's, that's yeah. part I, of it. I think and, it, uh, yeah. it is more of a casualty of what was incoming than uh, what was, you know, outgoing sure. or something on its way out, if you will. But, you know, deep is coming in. And what's interesting about this is this is again, a splash that you don't expect the mm-hmm. Titans to make. Like, I mean, the moment the rumor came out, because Deepay had earlier in the day, before the announcements had come out from the Vancouver Titans, said, no stream today, contract mm-hmm. stuff. So the community immediately is like, Deepay is getting back in. Yeah. Then the Titans make changes. People are like, oh my God, he's going to Vancouver. No, there is no way <laughs> Deepay is going to Vancouver, right? Like, I think people had accepted, maybe it's get amazed. Maybe it's Wheat's coming back, right? Like, but no way Deepay is going to be head coach of the Vancouver Titans. And the m- moment that Halo comes out, oh, the you know the rumors are true. You know yeah. sources say blah blah blah. People are like, oh my god, mm-hmm. Titans! This multiple Deepay gets sauces. them wins, mm-hmm. right? They're no longer bottom tier. They're just above the yeah, bottom except- tier. Deepay alone in the iron shoulder just guarantees. Wins. Look at their schedule. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, well. Deepay can only do so much. He's not sitting there at the mouse and keyboard. Uh. Um, who knows? Maybe he's the new tank. Oh God! Too, I mean. Listen, the, the, these things. Uh, like, if, if say they 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 talk to Deepa and they negotiate with him, and it doesn't just make sense to to bring him in now. Uh, let's okay. We're not winning the Overwatch League this what? year, right? <gasps> How dare yeah, you? I, I, lock it in, kick lock him, it in, kick him from the podcast. <laughs> but the Titans, in order to like actually have some consistent, mm-hmm. sustainable improvement. Uh, maybe it does make sense to start working on that right now instead of just waiting, you know, for for this season to play through and, and you know the players going through that meat grinder of of so many losses. Maybe maybe uh, that's the kind of you know uh, uh, jolt they need to to bring themselves up and see mm-hmm. that the organization is is willing to make changes and to bring in someone that might be able to you know lead them. Not just like as 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 a a an anal- analytical mind, but as a leader, you know, to pick up their mental and stuff like that. Yeah. So we we can only wait and see. I, it's it's like a a move that you know d- doesn't really have any drawbacks in my eyes. Like, what do you have to lose when you're you know this beat up? And then like you know the the, the record is there, and it's it looks like crap. But but at the end of the day, you know that they they are competing. At least 
their talent is not that far behind from a lot of the teams, maybe not the top tier teams, but, but they're, it, it's not as bad as it was mm-hmm. uh, last year or the year before. You can yeah. tell, you can tell that this team can produce some victories. Yeah. And, and if they not do this move, maybe they can't. And, and just because of reasons, not that have nothing to do with, with the type of talent that they have on the roster. And, and that's unacceptable. And that's why I think it's it's like the right move. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we hear in in usually in traditional sports, but I know we've also heard it in in the Overwatch League. You know, it's a two year plan, it's a three year plan, that kind of thing. Um, especially again, bringing him in partway through a season, I don't think anybody expects him to make significant changes to the roster. Sure, he might be a factor as to why Mir was brought in, but how many players are going to be jumping ship at this point? Um, you know. Well, plus and, visa. And on top of that, we've got visas to worry about and things like that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but ultimately, Depay is a a name in the league, um, in the scene. He's got, you know, I, I wouldn't say a checkered past or anything like that. He has a history, you know, there was there was some drama when he uh was let go for or let go or left. It's not even really clear what happened um with the Gladiators organization. Um, but regardless of that, he was there for a long time. You don't, you don't see someone stick around for that long if there isn't a good relationship, at least for some of the time, right? Um, Glad's probably would have let him go if, if he was, if they were having problems, quote unquote, with him, um, early on and things like that. He's going to draw attention. He's going to draw players. He's going to draw names, uh, to the organization. And, you know, yeah, there are other factors. How much is the organization willing to, you know, commit to players, um, money wise and other things, but ultimately he's a name that will draw eyes on the Vancouver organization. Um, I think it throws a little bit into question the future of the players that are currently on the roster. Um, you know, again, obviously I don't think we'll see too much more movement this season, but at the end of the season, you know, it's, there's a good chance things are going to be in DPA's hands. Um, I'm not sure what contracts the players have, uh, I know a lot of them might or, or typically do sign the two-year contracts. So who knows who's locked in and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's a it's almost like this season, I think everyone would have preferred was the the new shebang, the big step into Overwatch 2. But given we're playing on a beta and everything, given the game hasn't launched, I think it's largely like a it's a half step towards Overwatch 2. I would assume next season the goal is to have the game released and everything by the time the season starts, um, if not, you know, coinciding with with the launch and that kind of thing. I think next season is going to be the big, here we go, we're relaunching the Overwatch League, Overwatch 2 all the way, single-player game is out, um, PvP is out, everything like that. It's a really good time to do a revamp, you know? Yeah. Well, and that, I mean... Goes back to the earlier point. That's sort of when I think the Titan. Yeah. If I, the Titans were going to have made changes, it yeah. would have been the, at exactly. the end of the season leading into that. But instead, they've yeah. they've done it now. And hey, you know what? That was, was big news. Wow, lots to talk about. Who would have thought that another team would be making <laughs> a similar change? In fact, one who had made it into the kickoff mm-hmm. clash, um, and well, did not have the same level of success as you know other teams or what have you. Not going to lie, when news broke that the Toronto Defiant had parted ways with coach KDG, 
I was absolutely mm-hmm. floored, not floored by the change happening yeah, by the I, timing. Exactly. Like, you know, we were, we were chatting about it in, in RSP cord when the news broke and, you know, we've talked about it on this show. I think it was very clear that KDG was in a show mm-hmm. me season. Uh, he had a two year deal this off season and we have it on very good authority. He wanted to get an extension and the org said, yeah, lots of time to get into that. Just show mm-hmm. us what you got. Sure. Now, what is he like a head coach from, you know, everything we've heard very demanding. <laughs> and I think when, if you, if you think back to the conversation that we had had with Adam that afternoon with Adam episode, yeah, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, player mental health and performance and what have you. And he had said, well, no, I like, I had heard they were discriminant this time and this is what the expectations were. And Hey, you know, this is what our expectations are. They're high. And we're going to have, you know, this, I suspect that that also maybe didn't necessarily line up with how KDG's mm-hmm. approach was. And so you already have sort of a coach having to go and adapt to a different way. It wasn't necessarily his Two, demanding of players and personnel things that not all players or personnel are maybe amenable to do. And, you know, if there was truth to some emotional, you know, strain over the last few weeks between head coach and a few players, there is an easier decision to be made um, in replacing one as opposed to two others. I just, I was blown away that it happened yeah. now. Yep. It's a, it's a timing thing again. It's just not, not something we've typically seen right from, from many orgs, if any. And that's, I think a part of why it was such a bombshell. Yeah. I'll take you a little bit to another field, not restaurants this time. <laughs> right. But if you listen to like uh, Dan Carlin's uh, history podcasts, he, t- he talks a little bit about uh, how big events happen in history where, uh, you know, things are set in motion, the, the stage is set and you're and they will happen. You just need that one spark, one catalyst, like, say, World War One from that <laughs> assassination of, of, of Franz uh, Ferdinand Red by this assassin. Uh, not to say that that was the cause, but that was the first little tiny domino that fell and, and everything followed. And I think like the stuff that we heard about Muse and, and you know, the, the requests for trade and, you know, other players as well, uh, even reactions that followed from the announcement mm-hmm. from Logix. So I'm not going to repeat his words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just go look it up. There was a lot of smoke and maybe, you know, and and I mean it in the best way possible, right? As a compliment. I don't see Adam as a guy who'll be just sitting about and seeing stuff going on that he does not agree Mm -hmm. with. And he'll be just waiting. Oh, well, see, let's see what happens. And I commend him for just, you know, taking, you know, making a decision and just maybe things were not going well there in a way that was not acceptable to just, you know, just wait on or see how results come in, especially the Toronto maybe are not like performing as expected, but not like as bad as let's say the Titans are or, 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 or uh, in in that way. So um, maybe there are things that are not tied directly to just, uh, you know, the, the, the results. And like you said, uh, Chris, it's a team that does uh, prioritize, you know, 
the well-being of its players and and seeing that maybe things are not going pretty well and from the stuff we've heard uh, off the record as well uh, uh, things needed some change and and it is what it is uh, I don't see lots of people you know uh, who who've worked with KDG come to his defense on Twitter like oh how what happened no one mm-hmm. is like seems to be shocked by this and then yeah uh, which so is interesting this was maybe that was the catalyst to 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 make this uh decision earlier rather than than later or maybe just you know seeing <laughs> vancouver uh change things up and they're like oh okay well, why wait uh, i'm joking well, of course but well no i <laughs> hey, mean you too, know what that, like <laughs> us, i'm not us, saying that that yeah. was the the way but you know let's go back to the off season like when did the off season really start when toronto made a splash with uh, twilight yeah, right right like they almost like you know maybe maybe it, that's the spark maybe vancouver making the changes to what they did was the spark that sort of yeah. like you know it could also be coincidental sure yeah. it's it's just you know pay to defiant you know <laughs> pay to defiant yeah so stuff stuff well, is going down and and there might be something small or big going behind the scenes and mm-hmm. and It was yeah. inevitable. It just happened. well, I wouldn't necessarily say it was inevitable, but I like. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Th- I mean, okay. I, I don't, I don't think- remember if if some of the stuff uh, was off the record or on. I'll just you know. I, I don't think. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's fair to say Katie 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 G was not necessarily going to get the easy ride. No, like it. Like when we talk about Show Me Season, he needed to show that he was the coach for the future. Um, if you're a Toronto defiant fan though, you know, well, yes, they didn't go like Vancouver Titans and bring in a new head coach, uh, in so much as like, Hey, it's deep. they brought Moby Dick on board over the course of the off season. And, you know, defiant cords already on, you know, I think the right track Moby Dick was plan yeah. B and he was brought in, he was brought in on a contract that went longer than the current mm-hmm. coaches. And Which, you know, you know, and and that's a that's a major, uh, uh, you know, signaling uh, move. It's it's not it, a mistake. No. Yeah, exactly. There's an, there's intent there. So, you know, Moby Dick is the interim head coach, and I think the Toronto Defiant have sort of set him up to have an opportunity to prove that this is his job to <laughs> lose. Um, and I, I don't mean that in the negative connotation. I think Moby Dick, like people are like, oh, well, they need to, they need to bring in a head coach. Like what's wrong with Moby Dick having the interim tag dropped and him becoming yeah. your head coach. Like if he gets the results, if we see Toronto adapt, like whether it is play with confidence, play with swagger, but ultimately get past the issues that have plagued them the last two seasons. And if you're curious, like if there's issues, well, I can't trust everything. Halo <laughs> tweets logics. <laughs> Just downright throwing fire, oh, spitting. Oh yeah, right. Like you know, there there were there were issues in Toronto. So I, I think what we're going to see now is yes, there is a plan in place. They expect to win. They have expectations to do so. And you know, Moby Dick, in in, in fairness to him, is going to be in tough. Like sure. it's it's an unfortunate situation to sort of get yourself into. But if he can. I think Toronto knew what they were doing when they brought oh, and, and Toronto has a, especially in comparison to the Vancouver Titans, a favorable schedule coming up. They play Paris, 
April. Oh, wait. No, that's old. Is that old? Oh, I'm looking at the past. I'm looking at 2021 schedule. Darn it. I tried to pull up the next schedule. Close Hold enough. It's just one year difference. <laughs> yeah, <right>? exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was going to say, actually, it's everything you guys are saying is, I think, right on the nose. Um, the one question that I would pose to you guys, does or do any other organizations come to mind that might be at risk of something like this happening? Because there's one that jumps out at me um, that I could see something. And I'll give you a hint. They uh, also did not win a single game in the kickoff clash. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that that team is looking to actually make changes, to be honest. Well, I mean, we'll talk about them making changes. They will be, but I don't think they're making changes this Fair. season. Fair enough. I think the interesting thing is them as an organization, I think, have shown a lot more public alignment with the coaching staff in a lot of ways. And some of that is because their general manager is, is pretty active in the scene. I'm talking about the Washington justice. I don't think I said that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, their general manager in pre is pretty out there, pretty active in the scene on Twitter and things like that. He's, he's definitely a name. Um, and they've, you know, I don't know Supreme who is apparently their head coach very well, but I know Ty Dalla uh, on the assistant coach side. I think he came over from the glads. Um, so they've got some names there, just like Toronto with Moby Dick, right? I Again, I think Supreme is on his first season with the Washington Justice. I could be wrong on that. But if it's going to happen to another, the Washington Justice are a consistent underperformer, I think, for where they're expected yeah, they're, to place. Well, but uh, is the difference with Washington, though, is they underperform and then they make a run in the... <laughs> playoffs yeah, when they enough. get in right like the decay effect kicks in like it i i <clears throat> i mean let's be honest did i either any of us expect change to happen in toronto or vancouver no. when it happened not a change no and you know is it that this might be the impetus to other teams making changes maybe um but it's just not as simple as hey we made a change and we bring in new people i mean you got visa implications i think it's easier for the teams based in the u.s because you have just a bigger pool yeah. to draw from um if you're thinking of sort of NA or West talent, but uh, the fact remains, you know, what, what do we actually know? Mm -hmm. The three of I, us, I did manage to get Toronto's schedule up here. They play London. They play Florida. I think those are both winnable. The Florida match. I'm going to be torn because I'm a fan of Florida. Um, but then they play Washington, another, another winnable match. Then they play Glad's definitely tough. And then they play Paris. That's their next five matches. There's yeah. a lot of potential there. So. Yeah. Uh, it's a nature of, of, you know, not just a new season, but a new game yeah. bring, brings a lot of, of uncertainties. I don't remember where was it mentioned, where it was uh, said that like Muse and, and was it Finale? Are we talking about the drama? Muse, yeah. It was music finale, yeah. right? Muse, muse finale. Yeah. Someone said maybe it was Halo or mentioned on Tactical Crouch that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And, and there's a lot, lo lots of tension going on in, in many yeah. organizations right now with like, you know, the struggles mm -hmm. that, that are going on. But I um, think, I think I recall that as well. And I think it was Tactical Crouch, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the, um, Oh, and, and just, I'll wanted... just add so that people don't misunderstand. The tip of a, of the iceberg was mentioned not just in the context of the Toronto oh, Defiant, yeah. but 
league-wide. Yeah. Lots of organizations that have this type of drama going on, but we don't see it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I did want to touch on Halo's reaction. And yeah. so if we recall, um, Halo took it to the bank that uh, you know players wanted a trade request. They had submitted one, what have you. Double down, triple down, quadruple down. Um, obviously, things played out from that point on. Team comes out with their response. He says it's PR. Um, you've got a variety of people dunking on them. But it just reminded me of the conversation that we had had last episode where having watched Plat Chat and Sideshow saying, hey, there is a situation that could be that exists that both sides are correct in how they're saying it. Halo uses his words in such a way that allows for interpretation and it could be how he's interpreting and it's not how you or I might interpret it, but Hey, just understand there are no absolutes here. Hmm. People then go and, you know, let him have it. News breaks today. And Halo's like, told you so told you there was problems. Y'all didn't believe me. Told you they just decided to fire the coach. They fired the coach because the player asked for a trade. You know, maybe that's true. I don't know. I just, there's two things that I find interesting. One, the community's response of trying to have absolutes. You said it this way and therefore it's the way it is without ever understanding that there is interpretation and some finesse involved, but halo, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I get it. You're very well connected. You know, a whole lot more than the three of us combined probably ever will, but eat a little humble pie, man. Here's what I said. You did not say KDG was out. Like I actually went back and read the yeah. post. He was all about the players going and that there being a lot of tension to simply claim, Oh no, that I told you this was going to happen. No, you didn't. If you were going to say that, be ex- if you're going to be explicit, be explicit. And if you can't just say, Hey, hey, this is what I saw. Here's what I'm interpreting. My opinion is such, but he, he states it with fact. And it's not just him. I mean, we see this throughout the community. Things are stated as if they were fact when they are nowhere near it. Um, late breaking news and whether or not there's any truth to this. Titans Cord Twitter sleuths have noticed that to get amazed and John have suddenly been followed by many players on the Titans. Uh, John Spector? get amazed and who? John underscore. Who's yeah, that? I don't know. Let's see there. Another. <laughs> Uh, he's, I think he, uh, I think it was British hurricane oh, okay. at one point. Wow. If they're bringing him in a, like a whole, uh, squad of coaches, I'm, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. very interesting. So, I mean, again, I know nothing. No one has said anything. This isn't like, Hey, Chris, what are you telling me? Who are you talking to? I'm simply reading what the Twitter sleuths and Titans court have been doing. And let's be honest. There is sometimes a lot of validity, to actions being broadcast on social media first by who you follow and unfollow. Mm. So anywho, uh, this is a long payload to be pushing. I think we need a break before we dive into the fray. Kickoff clash. There was more than just the Toronto matches. Um, (laughs) 
It seems like so long ago that all of this had taken place, but uh, let me just quickly recap how things trickled out. Uh, so in the West, in uh, the first round, you had the San Francisco shot come from behind to beat the Washington Justice 3-2. The Atlanta Reign beat the Florida Man 3-1. The Gladiators 3-overwatch, the Outlaws, and as we already know, the Dallas uh, Fuel 3-overwatch, Toronto. Uh, heading out East, you had the floor, or sorry, no. Uh, yeah, heading out East, I was going to say Florida. <laughs> heading out East, you had the Philadelphia Fusion 3-1, uh, the Hangzhou Spark. Uh, the Shanghai Dragons had to work real hard to 3-2 the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, getting back into the West, the Florida Man beat the Washington Justice 3-1. And as we already know, the Houston Outlaws beat the Toronto Defiant 3-1, both being in the losers round. This meant Washington and Toronto. Uh, peace be with you. <laughs> Continuing on with the day, you had the Atlanta Reign beat the San Francisco Shock 3-1, which then brings to fruition San Francisco loser uh around wins and the Los Angeles gladiators uh, made quick work of the Dallas fuel winning three, one going back East into the losers round, the soul dynasty three overwatch, the Hangzhou spark and the uh, Philadelphia fusion three overwatch, the Shanghai dragons, meaning that fusion were into the final guaranteed mm-hmm. <sighs> into the West. You then have the, uh, Los Angeles Gladiators beat the Atlanta Reign three overwatch. Glads are now to the finals. This sets up a fuel shock losers round match. And the fuel just absolutely beat the living daylights out of the San Francisco shock. Like I, I, and I just, you know, I didn't feel the shock played particularly well, like for a team that had been so dominant over the course of the regular season. I think this really speaks to the strength of schedule where we might've been, you know, not confused, but maybe uh, misled a little bit by how potent the shock were. Um, yeah, they, they really dropped off a little bit, uh, especially compared to like the really top teams. Considering they're the first seed, I'm not saying they're bad. No, but, but like, yeah, I mean, what did we see the shock do? Like, like they beat the Living Daylights out of the Titans, really. Played with their food, despite the Titans playing really well um, for a map. And... They have slowed you know down, coming yeah. into this, they just they just didn't look as as potent. But uh, the uh, losers round had the uh, the Dallas Fuel then beat the Atlanta Reign, setting up a, a Dallas Fuel Los Angeles Gladiators rematch. <laughs> In the East, however, we had the uh, Seoul Dynasty beat the Shanghai Dragons three two. So we're reverses to what had happened at the first match. So we have Seoul taking on Fusion. Uh, Soul coming out of the losers round. They four overwatch the Philadelphia fusion. Like, I don't know what's going on in East. And I think the, the insanity uh, is continuing here. Like, or is it that it's parody? Is it that oh, there are essentially let... like five teams, yeah. four, maybe four and a half teams who are the, like at level it could be any, each other in any given Sunday. I think the, the prophecy about the Hangzhou spark has come true. Once again, they don't know what they're doing. Um, you know, you can't trust the org. They have a history of this. They performed well, and now they are maybe where we expected them, you know, getting knocked out in the first round kind of thing. Um, I, I don't want Avril to be upset at our podcast one more, one more time, but he's like so defensive about this. But but the East region, I watched like the, their games. They look like a mess for a, a lot of the time. And I think that just displays like they just throw shit at the wall. Oh, 
<laughs> and whatever sticks will stay explicit. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Bleep that one out. Well, that's that. That's what I. You know, that's what brings me to say such words. It's like a. Uh, but like I said, it it feels like there's not really much going on in terms of who is the best team in there. There are like a couple of teams that are the best and there's like a circle of, of teams beating each other suck. and it's like a rock, rock paper scissors going on. Well, there. I don't As, think it's a circle of suck. In the I games. mean, it's a circle of dominant suck of good teams. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like there is a clear yeah. line. Yeah. There's a tier. Right? There's a tier break between just, probably the first three positions and then the four, five, six, seven. Um, and I think Hangzhou is the one that is kind of misplaced at this very moment. Um, but well, that takes us to the uh, the West Final, where the Los Angeles Gladiators took on the Dallas Fuel. The Dallas Fuel charged up from a heck of a run in the losers' round in front of their home crowd, and we got ourselves some. I would have liked them to get a map, but just for I the mean, narrative. That, uh, but don't get me wrong, Glad's, Glad's look looking good. good. Glad, Glad's oh, yeah. looking real purple good. haze, but. Like uh, the Dallas for Overwatch, like to lose yeah. that way mm. in front of your crowd, like I just I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Every time I like feel Gladiators, it's their time. They always disappoint, and the one time that I'm like, nah, <laughs> they're gonna disappoint me again. They just gonna go ahead and win the yeah. tournament. Unbelievable. Uh, but uh, anyhow, uh, your uh, kickoff clash champions, Los Angeles Gladiators, and the uh, mm-hmm. the Soul Dynasty. Exciting stuff. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, how'd you guys do for the pickums over the course of the weekend? <sighs> I got me a whole lot of points. I Thirteen. Did. I got seventeen. Bad. I got eleven. I was mostly wrong. <laughs> but apparently, it doesn't matter because if you if you are able to tell that Dallas Fuel. And and the shock and and soul and and dragons are good. It doesn't matter. It's it's twenty four yeah. points. Okay, that's so, way too much. So my my pick'em score is up to one hundred and thirty. Oh my god! The season that's that's, that's unfair. Stupid. Because I got twenty four points that the two of you did not receive because your picks did not get locked in in the crystal ball. Yeah. I even made mine and then like went back in the day later and they hadn't saved and it was too late and I was ticked. Hey, so they actually had issues going into the kickoff clash as well, where apparently there were gremlins mm. uh, that ate picks. Like if you had <laughs> saved them during a, a period of time. On our last episode, I said, if you've already placed your picks, double check them because I recorded one man watch point, did my picks, checked the next day for ready, set, pwn, and they were yeah. gone. So I know that yeah. to be true. I would have had 140 points if I had gotten that extra 20. I would have had 152. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, yeah. but. Hmm. How many points do you guys have? 128 right now. I dropped real quick. You know what? I mean, I'm not going to brag with my 132 <laughs> here. I'll, I'll catch up. I'll catch up. Uh, I mean, I, I, let's be let's be completely honest. What four teams would the two of you have picked? I would imagine <sighs> you would have not have picked someone who did not yeah. qualify because that's all it you needed. All, the yeah. odds yeah. are in your favor it. for sure. Like you're picking four out of however many thirteen in the West. Like, yeah, you, you have yeah. pretty high chances. I w- I would have picked. Black and there, Dallas. there's like a clear uh, top two exactly. teams at least, exactly. right? And in, in the East as well. Yeah. And how difficult is it really to predict 
a perfect score in, in one of those pickups. It's it's pretty tough, yeah. right? I'd say it's pretty tough. I got and mm-hmm. this is worth eight freaking times that mm-hmm. much. That many points. I got one one single match, and it was oh. the Seoul Dynasty losing to the Shanghai Dragons three two. That's the only match I got the exact that, score. That was my three. Yeah. That was my we, three we, points. We still have um, Sean on speed dial, right? <laughs> yeah, we should. I'll, I'll I'll drop him a note. We hey, we need you back on the show to talk about this yeah. controversy. This is this is unacceptable. Uh, so like, heads need to roll I mean, after this. He did say this was his baby, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, uh, I'm very uh, disappointed with the baby right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there isn't any Overwatch League uh, action uh, this weekend. You've you've got some time to wah, to, wah. to recover. Um, do, however, make sure you get your crystal ball picks for <laughs> the midseason madness yeah. in. Okay, and like make sure they're saved like many times over before June 16 at noon That's Pacific. Uh, that is when they yeah. lock. Okay. I'm going to do yeah, my next, next week. week then. So pick uh, but, the defiant uh, and uh, the titans. Titans sure. in Paris, all yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Paris, so uh, someone on on Twitter, I think it was Twitter, had gone and I mean, I don't exactly know, and I mean, I shouldn't doubt it, but someone had started doing like trademark registration searches, and maybe they just constantly do this with Overwatch <laughs> League franchises. But they noticed that the Paris Eternal or the parent company of the Paris Eternal had registered Las Vegas Eternal and then I can't remember what the Legion. the Call of Duty League franchise Legion. Las Vegas Legion yeah. or Vegas Legion. And they tweet this out. This <laughs> kicks off like, holy smokes, Paris mm. is moving. What's going on? No, no, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and what do the what do the Paris Eternal and Paris Legion then proceed to do just a day or two later? later? Just a simple tweet with an image that says, hey, the rumors are true. Next season, we're in Vegas. Honestly, good for the org. Good for them for being forthcoming about it. They didn't try and hide it. They didn't ignore it. They didn't pull a Valiant where they waited till the last minute and oh. said, hey, surprise, all of our players in org are dropped and bye-bye. Um, so good for them for owning up to it. Would have been nice if they had been the ones fully in control of it, you know, um, but. Well, this, so, I mean, and again, I, yeah, I think I agree with you. It's, it's not like, but the, like, we don't even know what the Valiant, what's going on. Like when we were talking to Sean, I actually didn't even talk to the LA Valiant as doing a, a solid to the league to provide balance. Say, he and did. He yeah. He mentioned them up. that. He did. Um, but the thing about this is, first of all, how someone would be looking at this information um, just for the sake of doing so, unless they mm. knew something is weird, but whatever it comes out. But what does that mean? Every person in the community starts looking into trademark <laughs> registrations and suddenly someone else comes out and says, Oh, the, it was the Titans, the defiant. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's like, I think a fusion, like there was a bunch of teams. They don't, they, they, their, their, their registrations have been, yeah. I think it was suspended. And uh, this obviously sets off rumors. Oh my God, relocation is happening. So people like the Titans are moving. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, of all the teams listed there, the Titans were the one they're moving and people couldn't understand why Toronto would move, but maybe Toronto is just rebranding. They're going to be the Canadian defiant, or maybe they're not going to be the defiant anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sean did say Calgary's next, next on the Uh, the, Vancouver moves to Edmonton and and Toronto moves to Calgary. Like a general, but um, to to <laughs> to set people's 
you know, I don't know, curiosity at ease. And this is, this is not because we come from a place where we're actually, you know, trademark lawyers and whatnot. Speak for yourself. The, the Titans yeah. registration was suspended in like 2019. Like this is pre pandemic. This isn't like, Oh, the pandemic happened and we decided not to renew it. This was like, you know, uh, no longer needed or who knows what it's the U S registration. They still hold the Canadian registration. The define hold the Canadian registration as well. I mean, it, it's just that their um, suspension occurred in 2020. Uh, so after the Titans, but like, again, now the Twitter sleuths are just digging into every single possibility. And I gotta be honest. I don't think I would have thought that the overwatch league would have had relocation so soon. But now that we know it's a possibility, how many, like, are, at what point did the LA Valiant become not the I LA Valiant? I think everyone's waiting for the rebrand of the Valiant since they moved. Um, at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. Honestly, I think they're just, the org is they happy to be branded maybe. as LA, even if they're based in another place. Um, it's uh, it's Forte's on day. They don't want to <laughs> yes, lose them. so true. So true. They don't want to bring <laughs> the chocolate pain. Um, <laughs> um yeah i i don't know i also thought and chris you might remember better who said or who spoke to it in the ready set phone discord but somebody was talking about the trademark stuff somebody that does know this and i thought they were yeah marcus, uh, marcus that's right and i think he was saying that um a part of it also has to do with probably sort of the mergers and acquisitions that both overactive media and the Toronto mm. organization, or I mean, Vancouver organization with the Aquilina group has undergone since joining the overwatch league and everything. Am, am I wrong in that? Yeah. And I, yeah, it could be like, I mean, he, he was, he's, he's explained yeah. it so much better in RSP discord, but um, I mean, there's a variety of different things that could have come okay. to play. That was one of them. I think that it's just that the, the Paris rebrand and the fact that they so publicly owned it, they were transparent about it. It's happening is what then oh, lit yeah, totally. a fire under people and, and who started searching and um, great Rupert had made a comment on Twitter. He's like, Oh, everyone's become a, a, a trademark lawyer. I don't see the thing is I'm not knocking people who are now doing it in retrospect because the proof was that it happened to one. It's no conceivable mm-hmm. can happen to others. It's just the problem is how people are interpreting oh, yeah. the results that they're yeah. finding without viewing the whole picture. Like yeah. that, um, that fusion Twitter account that sort of it, I had engaged with, um, they had not like they had gone and searched hmm. us registry. They never actually took a look at oh. can- Canada. And, <laughs> you know, Marcus had like, you know, that doesn't mean anything. We're not trying to suggest that Vancouver yeah. doesn't move, but like someone's like, Oh, Vancouver's going to go to Chicago. Yeah. Like, like that would happen. I think last time, uh, uh, I think usually Vancouver stuff moves to Memphis, right? Yeah. Chris, that's, you that's, remember. I think that's what they say. <laughs> yeah for, for real though it's 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 a, a, a bit sad you know the, the the dream of having a global league uh is kind of dwindling away mm-hmm. now with london only staying the only well, eu if, and i'm, I'm london, raising you, you know four, four uh fingers up here for quotations but london london isn't even in london no, they're, this season yeah of LA. and i think paris is playing out of la this year too aren't they we're losing our eu chicken so that's kind of sad. Well, and the Call of Duty League is um, even smaller too, because um, let's not forget about them as well. They only have one Canadian team, um, but yeah. they actually they do have two EU yeah, teams who, who but lost not the Seattle Surge this weekend. Yes, yeah. there were, there were a lot of uh, naysayers to to the idea of an esports league 
being geographically mm-hmm. like assigned to a place. Mm-hmm. Now they're probably all smug and like, ah, you see, it's, it's not really a thing. But I think COVID had a lot to do with it. Um, the homestand uh, idea was working pretty well. I don't know if it has any more momentum going forward or if it'll ever, you know, amount to what it was supposed to be before everything uh, went uh, sideways. But I'm I'm sad for the, you know, EU fans. Uh, Paris always had like some, some sort of connection until, you know, the last recent years when they had like soon, they had a lot of French players. I think it was very cool. And I yeah. think, uh, I'll I'll always fondly remember uh, their homestand. There was like an event there in in Paris, and you had you know all the French fans cheering as loud as you would ever hear. You know you, you, any esports tournament. It was uh, a pretty amazing uh, mm-hmm. event. So it's kind of sad, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and if there is a place to move to. I mean, Vegas, if you're going to run homestands, you now have a vast amount of venues to choose from. You've got a destination that, like, but how good are your croissants a, there? Well, croissants. well, just go to Paris, Paris, right? Compared to Paris, yeah, pretty terrible croissants. I just hope they rebrand. Just uh, get rid of that stupid chicken. Hey, <laughs> I understand uh, the, I, the, the, the symbolism and the. I do appreciate the I think it's a, it's a eternal it's a infinity <laughs> type symbol, but but come on, I hate it. <laughs> Too many birds in the Overwatch League. Okay, you got the rain. How many are there? Like, there's the rain and them and, and London almost sort of kind of. It's a stretch, but <laughs> <laughs> there was one additional change um, that took place in, in the league. Uh, and that actually has to do with a player. Uh, so word broke that uh, the Guangzhou charge have parted ways mm. with Molly. Um, Molly, unfortunately wasn't contributing from the bench, which is unfortunate because Molly could obviously do a whole lot more. Uh, Halo's come out and already said that Molly's going to be joining. Oh, Halo Valiant. <laughs> um, it hasn't been officially announced yet you. and again uh, we still got got some time to to wait but i mean i'm not knocking yep. i think halo halo's track record this season went pretty good at, at, at players being yeah signed um but uh again they, i think you know the changes that we're seeing here um if they do occur Timing wise, if there was an opportunity for it, it's during a break, and they they have a break right now. So, I mean, yeah, it's still weird that it's happening, but it's happening nonetheless. The last thing to talk about uh, a little bit of Overwatch Two news. So, one, if you did not believe that the Overwatch team uh, was going to commit to communication, uh, you would not have been faulted because let's be honest, mm-hmm. communication under the the Kaplan era was inconsistent at best. It was very, you know, sporadic when it happened. It was phenomenal. It just didn't happen all that often. Um, Under Aaron Keller, complete, you know, 180. And what we got today was a dev update as to sort of how they're looking at, at hero reworks and, and designing new heroes for the the game. Um, I actually enjoyed the read, quite frankly, I'm worried what they're going to do with Moira. Mm-hmm. Only because they they focused on her um, so much. I like Moira, but uh, I, I 
we don't and we didn't get any real juice yeah i think out of this um you know let so don't don't think like oh my goodness they're they're re- redoing moira it's just they used her as sort of an explanation as to you introduce a hero and then you have to nerf the hell out of the hero and then you bring the hero back up and um you know as far as balance is concerned uh but again i am not going to complain about us getting an inside peek as to what they are their approach happens to read here's an idea take uh like make another kit for moira and find out the best kit for moira and don't give it to moira create a new support character and give it to them okay we're we're hurting for more support characters and moira has her thing her niche I don't think she's egregious by any means. So give us more supports. Thank you. <laughs> Just give Anna a jetpack. Uh, a full tone. Uh, <laughs> Hot air balloon. System. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple other things that actually come out uh, over the course of the weekend uh, where the dev team had joined. Uh, I can't remember which streamer it was that they had, they had joined, but um, it sounds like Overwatch One, as we know it, will no longer receive any form of balance change. Like it would have to be a critical issue in the game uh, for it to get any anything more than sort of cosmetics and events. Maybe bug fixes, but even then, not so much. And the idea there is that that just takes away from focus from Overwatch Two. It does, unfortunately, then you know lead into the meme that I saw someone tweet out about, like you know. Overwatch League is, you know, getting in the pool. Overwatch Two is drowning, and Overwatch One is chained to the, the bottom in the chair. And that's like I, I went and played some so OW One today, and it's it's not the same. I think the Overwatch Two beta has ruined Overwatch One for me because all I continue to 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 feel are are the problems, the CC, the shields, and all of that. Um, I love the dual tank synergy. But that alone is not enough for me to love Overwatch. Also, one. doesn't exist in Wood Tier. <laughs> I about? speak for myself when I say that. What are you talking about? The the there is so much synergy between mm-hmm. Reinhardt mm-hmm. and Hog. Mm-hmm. Hog stands behind the yeah. shield and tries oh. to hook people. What are, there are some awful awful synergies like um, Sigma Diva or oh, <laughs> playing. Oh, yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of of uh, Overwatch One, and unless it's like grind Zarya or Monkey Diva, or mm-hmm. actually Zarya plays a lot. Well, Zarya Sigma. Every time I want to play Zarya and somebody is playing Sigma, I just want to pull my hair out. It's 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 tough. Yeah. Hey, it's funny you mention that because like I had a Sigma who you know pushes through on. Uh, we're playing two CP. It's Volsky, your favorite <laughs> map. <laughs> Sigma pushes through. I throw my bubble on Sigma. What does Sigma proceed to go and do? I was going to say shield. Put a shield yeah. Don't want to damage that really... bubble. No, no. I did. I mean, I gave it. Like, sorry, I, I, I should not have given it to you, knowing you had a shield. I should have saved that for our Lucio, <laughs> who was flanking on the outside of <laughs> Looking Alskaya. Looking for a boop off that distant ledge. For, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, no. Like, on the first point. The first point where, like, yeah. literally, yeah. what are you doing? Oh, anyhow. Um, and then, uh, you know, if you check your email, you got a little email that says, here's the hero you played a whole lot of. Here are some stats. I like that. I, like I that played too. a lot of Anna. Um, I had a below one uh, death ratio because, again, I played a lot of Anna. Yeah. I mean, what, 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 did you play a lot of Anna the most? 
Oh yeah, because I and I I, I support cute because I just wanted to yeah. play. And um, for me, like you know, I, I I like I liked Anna, especially the early Anna, where I felt she was. If I was given the opportunity to, you know, um, essentially set up, get angles, what have you, like that pot would would do so much um, damage if I could get you grouped up. Because now there's no heals and delete, delete, yeah, delete. Yeah, yeah. Like I just right, like I, I was playing her that way. Um, like yeah, according to this, I played uh, uh, Anna was the number one. I mean, it doesn't say for the number of hours. I had a point six two death ratio, but that's again. Well, does it give it a percentage there? Just a point six two. Um, and I had one hundred and forty elims. I had three hundred one thousand healing Ooh. administered, <laughs> um, and only one hundred ninety eight thousand damage taken. Yeah, I played Genji. And apparently, I'm a top 19% in uh, death ratio, 446 eliminations. Not as much healing, though. <laughs> 34,000. Yeah. yeah, interesting. It was, I mean, I, I like the I like the little email, the note says, here's what you're doing. It talks a little bit about Sojourn again. And then, oh, by the way, uh, tune in on the, the 16th when we, uh, we share more news about... Yeah. Uh, the beta let going. us in please open it up yeah. have you seen this video there's an old video about this guy i think it's in toronto actually he was like smacking uh a window to a mall or a door to a mall. was like why are you closed tell us why we have the right to shop something like that <laughs> it's hilarious uh, just search why are you closed <laughs> that, i presume this I is a, in in okay yeah in, in relation to overwatch yeah, too. yeah, yeah the yeah. beta please yeah, it, it, I I understand that it's beta and they need to you know to refine and we'll see some new stuff and and hopefully and, and what have you. It's just it's kind of weird that we're watching a game that we can't play, but then the pros they can't play it either unless they're scrimming. Ugh. Like it's very weird dynamic, but hey, it is what it is. Hmm. Speaking of what it is, what it is at the end of the show, we're at the end. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done so already, you want to join uh, RSP Discords, discord.io slash ready, set, pwn. Again, we have the full conversation with uh, RSP Business Smarts, Marcus, who I continue to try to convince to have a podcast segment where he can talk about the business side of esports because he is extremely well-spoken and well-educated in the matter. Uh, he tells you everything you need to know about the Vancouver Titans, uh, you know, merger acquisition, share, enthusiast gaming situation. He broke down the, you know, trademark registration, all that jazz. Again, real smart dude. Um, maybe one day I'll convince him to record some some stuff. and. We can, we can share his greatness uh, with all of you too. And then if you haven't done so already, make sure you smash that subscribe button. Tell everyone that RSP is the greatest Overwatch podcast out there. Uh, let everyone know in all the Overwatch uh, discords that exist that RSP is the greatest podcast ever. And if you don't like anything that uh, we say, let us know in RSP Discord or on Twitter at Ready, Set, Poem. But as we are out to do, it's time for final words of wisdom. And Omni, I know you have some. Yeah, I've had a rough day discussing, uh, you know, I got upset discussing the crystal ball thing. So you're listening to this uh, in, you know, on on June 8th. So I I would like to, uh, you know, wish you a happy National Upsy Daisy Day. And um, it's celebrated on June 8th every year, encouraging you to allow positivity into your life. So that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. Upsy Daisy Day, eh? That's yeah, something that's for sure. 
So upsy daisy. Cool. Well, along the lines of uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Paris, I'll just say buy one, buy get one free. It's a bit of a stretch, but it works. <laughs> one croissant. One croissant. <laughs> Petite for more, please. <laughs> I Googled oh, French puns. Gosh. So there you have it. <laughs> French buns French, with a croissant. French baguette. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I think you need to 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 maybe do some uh, additional uh googling. Um so I mean I, I think I shared maybe I didn't share on this show, but when I was in high school I actually went to to France on a, a school trip. Um and uh you know, we went for, we, we arrived at uh, Charles de Gaulle and it was early in the day. We'd done the red eye. We get to Paris and obviously we had to go and, and get some food. And, um, you know, they dropped us off, uh, by the river and my goodness, the, the food prices in Paris are absolutely insane by the river. Say, there's a joke somewhere in there that just went above both our heads. Wait. <laughs> So you had to, the like, prices of the restaurant food at the restaurant on the river are insane. That's the, the <laughs> river. <laughs> I, I, I know. It's, it's, my my jokes are just they're, they're like it goes back to like you know I, I, someone you know stole my copy of Microsoft Office. Uh, you know, like how, that one. Uh, that one was really good. It was, but just went over. Sometimes you no. Know, sometimes I, if it, it, it takes a while to digest and and. It makes it funnier. Sometimes it doesn't. This one, this one, for me was one of the instances where it gets funny when you finally uh, understand. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here we are, as we said, end of the show. It's uh, just uh, under two hours. I had said we should try to get shorter. And of course, the Titans and Defiant go and mm-hmm. do stuffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuffy. Stuffs uh, with, with the V. Yeah. Uh, I think the title of this episode is going to be Unclutch Stuff or Stuffs. <laughs> The stuffs, stuffs. I'm sure lots of people are out there on Google searching Overwatch stuffs, so it'll definitely (laughs) come up. Uh, Oh gosh! Anyhow, by the way, guys, catchphrase. Thank you.